Forlock Forbach Reads. Produced by the Cincinnati and Hamilton County Public Library. Welcome to Warlock Vorabach Reads, a Cincinnati and Hamilton County Public Library podcast. Are you afraid of graveyards? All those aged tombstones jutting at odd angles. Those mournful trees whose leaves seem pale in the moonlight. The scratching sounds just underneath the surface. Well, last time, we had a very religious renunciation of deviltry and evil magic. This time, we have a poet who launched a gloomy literary style that was a precursor to the gothic and romantic genres to come. That's right. I am talking about the Scottish poet, Robert Blair. Robert Blair was born on April 17, 1699, in Edinburgh, Scotland. He was the eldest son of Reverend Robert Blair, chaplain to the king. Our poet studied at the University of Edinburgh and in the Netherlands. In 1731, he was appointed minister to Elshenford, a village east of Edinburgh. Seven years later, he married Isabella Law and had six children. Using his parents' wealth, Robert spent his time gardening and studying English poetry. He only published three poems in his life, (laughs) which I think meant he spent more time gardening, but that is just conjecture. One was a translation and another was a commemoration of a father-in-law. The third poem is what his entire fame is based upon. Written in 1743, it is titled The Grave, and its publication gave birth to the Graveyard School of Poetry, where poets use graveyard imagery to meditate on mortality and the uncanny. This style of poetry was popular throughout the 18th century and into the 19th and influenced both the Gothic genre with its mysterious and deathly imagery and settings as well as the Romantic genre with its emotional expression. Three years after the poem's publication, Robert Blair died. However, In 1808, William Blake made illustrations for the grave, which helped popularize the poem till this day. Now for a little history lesson for the year 1743. The Varendry brothers are the first white people to see the eastern side of the Rocky Mountains. They would bury a tablet claiming the Great Plains for King Louis XV. 170 years later, a schoolgirl would unearth the tablet in Pierre, South Dakota. 
Prithvi Narayan Shah begins a campaign to unify the 54 different principalities in the Himalayas, which now make up the country of Nepal. Benjamin Franklin attempts to witness a lunar eclipse in Philadelphia, but is spoiled by a rainstorm. Upon learning that the same storm ruined the view for people in Boston, he concluded that the weather moves from west to east. 1743 was the probable year the last wolf is shot and killed in Scotland. Now, the grave is a very long poem, so I'm only going to read from two small sections of it. So let us start at the beginning of The Grave by Robert Blair. While some affect the sun and some the shade, some flee the city, some the hermitage, their aims is various as the roads they take in journeying through life. The task be mine to paint the gloomy horrors of the tomb. The appointed place of rendezvous where all these travelers meet. Thy succors I implore, eternal king, whose potent arm sustains the keys of hell and death. The grave, dread thing. Men shiver when thou art named. Nature appalled shakes off her wanted firmness. Ah, how dark thy long extended realms and rueful wastes. Where naught but silence reigns and night Dark night, dark as was chaos, ere the infant sun was rolled together, or had tried his beams athwart the gloom profound. The sickly taper, by glimmering through thy low-browed misty vaults, furred round with moldy damps and ropey slime, lets fall a supernumerary horror and only serves to make thy night more irksome. Well do I know thee by thy trusty you, cheerless unsocial plant that loves to dwell midst skulls and coffins, epitaphs and worms, where light-heeled ghosts and visionary shades beneath the wane cold moon as fame reports, embodied thick perform their mystic rounds. No other merriment, dull tree, is thine. See yonder hallowed fane, the pious work of names once famed, now dubious or forgot, and buried midst the wreck of things which were. There lie interred the more illustrious dead. The wind is up. Hark how it howls! Methinks till now I never heard a sound so dreary. Doors creak and windows clap and night's foul 
bird, rooked in the spire, screams loud. The gloomy aisles black plastered and hung round with shreds of scutcheons and tattered coats of arms. Send back the sound laden with heavier airs from the low vaults, the mansions of the dead. Roused from their slumbers in grim array, the grisly specters rise, grin horrible, and obstinately sullen, pass and repass, hushed as the foot of night. Again the screech owl shrieks, ungracious sound, I'll hear no more. It makes one's blood run chill. Quite round the pile, a row of reverend elms, coeval near with that, all ragged show, long lashed by the rude winds. Some riff half down their branchless trunks, others so thin at top that scarce two crows could lodge in the same tree. Strange things, the neighbors say, have happened here. Wild shrieks have issued from the hollow tombs. Dead men have come again and walked about. And the great bell has tolled, unrung, untouched. Such tales their cheer at wake or gossiping when it draws near to witching time of night. Oft in the lone churchyard at night I've seen, by glimpse of moonshine checkering through the trees, the schoolboy with his satchel in his hand, whistling aloud to bear his courage up, and lightly tripping o'er the long flat stones, with nettles skirted and with moss o'ergrown, that tell in homely phrase who lie below. Sudden he starts and hears, or thinks he hears, the sound of something purring at his heels. Full fast he flies and dares not look behind him, till out of breath he overtakes his fellows who gather round and wonder at the tale of horrid apparition, tall and ghastly, that walks at dead of night or takes his stand o'er some new open grave and, strange to tell, he vanishes at crowing of the cock. All right, now we're going to move further into the poem where we get this moment of Robert Blair um, sort of calling out the sin of suicide, which I don't agree with, but that's him. This was a long time ago. But also this quiet contemplation of questioning just what metaphysically is death. So let us jump a little bit further into the grave. Then must it be an awful thing to die, 
more horrid yet to die by one's own hand. Self-murder, name it not, our island's shame that makes her the reproach of neighboring states. Show nature, swerving from her earliest dictate, self-preservation, fall by her own act. Forbid it, heaven. Let not upon disgust the shameless hand be foully crimson o'er with blood of its own lord. Dreadful attempt. Just reeking from self-slaughter, in a rage to rush into the presence of our judge, as if we challenged him to do his worst and mattered not his wrath. Unheard of tortures must be reserved for such. These herd together, the common damned shun their society and look upon themselves as fiends less foul. Our time is fixed, and all our days are numbered. How long, how short, we know not. This we know. Duty requires we calmly wait the summons, nor dare to stir till heaven shall give permission. Like sentries that must keep their destined stand and wait the appointed hour till they're relieved. Those only are the brave who keep their ground and keep it to the last. To run away is but a coward's trick. To run away from this world's ills that at the very worst will soon blow o'er, thinking to mend ourselves by boldly venturing on a world unknown and plunging headlong in the dark. Tis mad! No frenzy half so desperate as this. Tell us, ye dead, will none of you, in pity to those you left behind, disclose the secret? Oh, that some courteous ghost would blab it out what tis you are and we must shortly be i've heard that souls departed have sometimes forewarned men of their death twas kindly done to knock and give the alarm but what means this stinted charity tis but lame kindness that does its work by halves why might you not tell us what tis to die? Do the strict laws of your society forbid your speaking upon a point so nice? Oh, ask no more. Sullen, like lamps in sepulchres, your shine enlightens but yourselves. Well, tis no matter. A very little time will clear up all and make us learned as you are and as close. Thank you for listening to Warlock Vorabach Reads, a Cincinnati and Hamilton County public library podcast. Have you ever written a poem about a graveyard? Why not share your poetry with us? Send us some messages on social media and keep listening to this and other library podcasts. 
Next time, our poet had a larger-than-life persona and has a type of hero named after him. Till next time. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Warlock Vorbach Reads. Subscribe to this podcast right now so you don't miss future episodes. And discover more of our podcast at chpl.org slash podcasts.